0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Maester Jamie of the White Owl, whose words are, we read and we know things.
1: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight
0: And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club Today we are into chapter 18, Catelyn 4 of A Game of Thrones And uh, we are into Darren Mm the First In our World of Ice and Fire book today
1: Yes, Sir Ezra, uh, real quick, I guess I'll just say uh,
0: Real excited for today
1: yeah, it's a big day for you. It is a big day, because uh, it's my name day.
0: It is your name day. Yeah,
1: I believe I'm,
0: I... Uh, uh, was it 3 and
1: 10? No, that's maybe 13.
0: I don't know. Thirties. 30. It's my 30th name day. It's your 30th name day. And, um, you know, it's... I'm old. How you
1: feeling? I feel old. You know, I, t- uh, I officially turned 30 at like 4 p.m. Yeah, today. That's, you know, I, I, I go off when I was actually born via the birth certificate. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. It was like 3.50. I was like, man, I'm feeling great. Four o'clock rolls around. God, suddenly I feel tired. Yep. I feel like my hair is falling out. I can barely um, get you to do the show. I know. It's geez, crazy. It's not animated. Uh, maybe it's because we were um, watching some
0: epic battles this morning. Yeah, we were, actually. We're, we've been watching the World Cup. Um, yeah. So I know some of you out there watch a little... Little soccer, a little little battle uh, go down. We had uh, let's see, we had the Kingdom of uh, Portugal versus Uruguay on um, Saturday, which I got a chance to watch, and that was pretty, that was a pretty good, pretty good game. Um, Ronaldo, he's out, he's done. Ronaldo's done, and then today we got to watch two of probably the best matches in World Cup history, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had Russia. Um, who was Russia playing today? They were playing Spain. Spain. Yeah, Spain. knocked them out. Knocked Spain out. It was it went to um, you know a shootout at the end, extra time, the whole nine yards. It was radical and yeah. super big underdogs. Um, the next game was Croatia. Um, yeah, Croatia and and Denmark. Yeah, I was rooting for Denmark. Yeah, and that also went into a shootout. Just mm-hmm. crazy. I know. Yeah. Good times. I don't so. really understand soccer or
1: football as they call it over there. Um, so I had to ask Ezra a lot of questions. Like, so what? The, what's the, how's this work? Yeah, wh- why
0: can't they use their, their hands? Yeah, you know? why can't they use their
1: hands? When they say football, I thought I'm thinking I'm thinking like Peyton
0: Manning throwing touchdown passes. Right. I yeah. hear
1: football, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, Matt was
1: like, do they do they
0: snap the ball to each other? Like, yeah, like, start, like what is it? let's go out here. Who's offsides? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I was. Yeah, is that <laughs> uh, a, a pass yeah. interference? Like I don't know. So it was great. It was great. So that's our. Uh, we are into small council now, but I do. I wanted to mention, too, we're thinking about uh, supporting a, uh, a a Premier League team. We don't know which team yet. That's um, yeah, true. We would like some feedback on if there's any good team out there that we should support. I used to be into soccer back in the day. I cannot say which team I used to support because I think I, I w- we would lose listeners. It's probably um, true. So just wanted to yeah. get a little feedback. Yeah, we're,
1: yeah we're inve- let us know because we know we have a lot of uh, listeners from England. Uh, yeah. so let us know which teams we should root for, which teams we shouldn't yeah uh route four i know it's all very um it's heated over there localized over there yeah here we have the columbus crew mls team yeah Uh, but i think they're leaving columbus so yeah it's a bummer So uh, when i moved out to portland they have the portland timbers they are kind of cool so yeah
0: but anyways, just a little you know with the world cups happening it's just kind of cool you know so fun to kind of watch and we'll we'll, we'll keep watching i feel like was there other something else we wanted to mention besides your we had name Day World Cup. I think we're good, right? Anything else? Oh yeah, just something kind of small. I mean, well, yeah. So this is actually some show news, I guess. Okay. Um, so I saw
1: this. Uh, the Nerdist kind of mentioned it, and uh, some other people mentioned it. Is um, Ger had kind of an interview. Remember, uh, we talked about it a couple weeks. His buddy, um, like Gardner. Yeah, died, was writing buddy, Dosis, was edit- Yeah, yeah, editor, editing buddy. And uh, he, he, I guess, he was kind of interviewed about it, and he just said he, he was talking, kind of mentioned Winds of Winter, but it, the, what, what he specifically said about it seemed kind of odd. Um, here, uh, here we go. Here, while paying tribute to the great Gardner uh, doses earlier this month, the author implied on the blog that a new book in the Song of Ice and Fires series is in the editing stage. Um here we go. Uh Martin, who's uh sorry, I have it pulled up here. Um he wrote As much as I enjoyed working with Gardner, I did not have the time. Gardner worked on the Book of Swords and mm-hmm. the Book of Magic, mm-hmm. which is the one that's coming out this year, and does actually feature a Gurr writing, but it's not a Game of Thrones novella yeah. It's something else. Right. Okay. Um but so it's the follow up book to that book of swords, but it just doesn't have a game of thrones or song of Ice some fire thing um anyway so in talking about that book helping him out in that as much as i enjoyed working with gardner i did not have the time winds of winter was late and getting later and the editing had taken more of my time and energy than i thought it would um so then he goes on to talk about the book of swords and all that other stuff he just says he doesn't have the time all this kind of stuff but specifically it's the way it's what he says about it now sir ezra is a uh, english teacher so there's a, as far as I know, sir, as there's a big difference between present tense and past tense. Is that is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that'd be, that? that'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just uh, yeah. He says, and uh, and and I uh, and I quote here, um, "Winds of Winter was late and getting late, and the editing had taken more of my time than I thought it would." Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: he doesn't s- say that he is right currently. He doesn't say, oh, "I'm well, I'm trying to finish Winds of Winter right now."
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's in uh, the editing stage. Yeah. You know, sounds like he's been. Now, that's it's, it's one thing. Is he going back through himself and his first sort of like. Right, rough draft. Per, yeah. Per, you know, just perusing it or whatever and then sending it on. Or is it legitimately been sent, got some feedback, and working through the editing mm-hmm. process? Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, that would mean that it's coming. I would. If, if that's the case, then maybe 2019 you know you get it, it i think the year. we might get wins of winter with the show i've been saying that for the past you know two years
1: we'll see gert has been saying we're gonna see it you know yeah so often. but i did the math um the other day and i said well what if what if girt wrote at least one chapter a month i think that's kind of fair and i did the math and dance of dragons came out around 2011 well okay if he if dance if it's around the same size as dance of dragons i'd be around 80 chapters well 80 months ends up being close to like You know about seven years and so it would be Roughly about where we're at Now Um, there are a lot of people Theorizing and they've been theorizing about this for a While is that maybe Ger Actually has winds finished Mm -hmm. But he wants to release Winds of winter and then A dream of spring like Pretty close to each other so it's not like 10 Years apart so you can just get the ending And you and I have talked about this before is What I believe is that winds Is the harder book to write because you're just set You have to set every piece up and then you know how it's going to end. So it's just kind of like if you think about a Christmas present, you're wrapping it. You want that bow to be perfect. So all you got to do is just pull the string and it all comes apart beautifully.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that it, I, I hadn't heard that theory until you, you know, mentioned that. Um, I, I think it is, he, he does have to kind of know the end game and he does have to set up all the pieces and you're right. It does. Have to, it is probably one of the harder, you know, books to write people heads are going to roll in this one. Yeah. Right. You know, um, so how does that all work out? How does it all come together? You know, you have merging um, point of view characters and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot more difficult to, you know, write and decide who's going to do what. But yeah, I actually kind of believe though that wins will come out and will and we we'll, maybe it won't be as long um, a time gap, but then there'll be a decent amount of time for um, the second book, right. actually. So, but who knows? Because actually, it's kind of like you said, it is on average. I mean, if you look at the 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 amount of uh content pages chapters all that kind of stuff you know and and what it took between feast and you know dance uh it it's comparable yep so you know we we could see that again for you know um the last and final book so yeah and you know the events we talked
1: about this uh quickly too just one last thing here we talked about it and we've talked about this before is like the dragon pit scene if it happens the same way it happens in the book that's going to be um, whose POV is it gonna be, but at the same time, well, that's one POV chapter. So you you it's not like you're then writing a POV for all these different characters because it's one scene. Do
0: you yep. know, it should yep. get
1: it should get easier because now all the characters are together.
0: Right. Yep, for sure. So um
1: okay, yeah. Anything else for Small Council? Uh no, that's about it. We've talked about it before, they're kind of finishing up with the filming. Yeah.
0: They had the wedding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right, uh, time to uh, jump in here to the to the Maester's study. Uh, I'm going to start off this week with just sort of an overview. It's a short one, uh, Sir yeah, Matt. It's really and, short. And so I think um, Sir Matt's got a few highlighted passages he's going to read through, but I will recap for us real, real quickly and try to get us into this. Um, last week we talked about the Dance of Dragons. Dance of Dragons. Aegon the Third. Yeah, Aegon Ag- Ag- the Third. Um, so, you know, to, and talking about the Dance of Dragons and Aegon um, the 3rd you'd have to talk about Rhaenyra um, Targaryen, you know, who was Viserys. Um, so before the Dance of Dragons, to set all this up, you had Viserys I, uh, who had a decent, you know, um, rule and reign. Um, he names Rhaenyra Targaryen his heir. Big problem, the Hightowers. Alyson Hightower is super not okay with that. And so uh, upon Viserys' death... We, as we mentioned before, um, she crowns her son Aegon Targaryen the second. Big deal, Greens versus the Blacks, you know, and whatnot. Um, and we, we talked about Craig and Stark coming down from, from from the north at the end of all of that. Lots of Targaryens die, lots of dragons die. You have the we, we talked about the hour of the wolf, mm-hmm. I think last week, and just sort of all the the justice and the things that were the sentencing and you mm-hmm. know people going to the wall and 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 uh, and whatnot. Aegon Targaryen the second. Uh, I'm sorry, a- Aegon. T- yeah, the, the the second was uh, poisoned. He was killed. Yeah, you know, uh, at the end of that, And I think um, that was sort of a a big deal. And so eventually, Rhaenyra Targaryen's son, uh, Aegon, the third, actually ends up uh, becoming, you know, king. Kragan comes down, names him, uh, crowns him, and uh, to kind of heal the Blacks and the Greens, you know, he uh, marries uh, Aegon Targaryen's sister. So. You know, there's all of that. Um, Let's see. He marries... Oh, yeah. Jaehaera Targaryen is her name. So, Um, and then... So, with with Jaehaera Targaryen, he didn't have any kids. So, he has no Mm -hmm. kids with her. The realm is kind of healed. We said this uh, last week again, too. The dragons die out. You know, it was... It's kind of a... uh, Not a lot happens type of reign. Right. But the Targaryens are back in power, and the last three dragons die. Yeah, so I think he's called like the Dragon's Bane, Mm -hmm. you know. So, um, yeah,
1: Aegon the Third. He's
0: he's just kind of like a gloomy,
1: depressed kind of a guy. Right, think like somebody real lethargic. Me on the Saturday and a Sunday, Uh, turning thirty. Yeah, I mean, just like yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes Sarah and I joke like, "Should we even podcast today?" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> that is where Sir Matt is. He is really those early hours of his thirties. He is really struggling, yeah, guys. Guys, yeah, it's tough. Oh man. Um, so, anyways, um, he uh, w- with with ja- with Jahira, You know, his first wife she dies. They have no kids. Um, second wife Daenerys Valerion, right? So we've been hearing the name Valerion, right? Mm-hmm. Come up quite a bit. They're kind of a well, an offshoot you know cadet house of of the targaryens Targaryens, you know uh type of thing now they actually have a lot of kids so although he was this dragon's bane aegon the third he um he does get it together and has a few kids okay Mm -hmm. um he does his duty and he has two boys he has darren and balon um who actually both become king which we're going to talk about darren uh the first today and interesting point here we don't Sometimes we talk about the daughters, sometimes we don't. Um, this week, we are going to talk about the daughters just a little bit. He has um, three daughters who actually become um, the the, the three Targaryens that were kept in the Maiden vault mm-hmm. by, by, by Darren's brother. So uh, we have Darren, uh, Balon, and then he has uh, his three daughters are Dana Targaryen, Elena Targaryen, and Reyna Targaryen. So those are the three sisters that are actually kept in the Maiden Vault, and we will refer back to them because they're actually a big deal. Uh, I'll go ahead and mention right now, I think, hmm, it was Dana Targaryen who actually ends up uh, hooking up with Aegon IV and having mm-hmm. Daemon. We've mentioned Daemon Blackfyre a lot. That's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. So, so Dana uh, Targaryen, so the sister uh, to, our, to the guy we're talking about today, Darren mm-hmm. the First. Um, his sister Dana, once she gets out of the Maiden Vault, ends up hooking up with another, you know, her cousin Aegon,
1: yeah. and somebody and somebody else. Real quick, we're gonna we're gonna mention, and Sir Ezra and I got confused, and we had to go look around. Is Viserys the yep. second? So, they say Prince Viserys, and we're like, wait, who is this Viserys? Well, Viserys the second was yep. Aegon the third's brother. He was his right. hand of the king, and um. He ends up becoming king later, as yep. we'll get to, because Darren and then the following king Baylor, who marries uh, Dana-, uh, Dana Dana Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he ends up. They, both of them have really short reigns, and so then Viserys the It's almost like the brother line ends up taking over. Yes. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's one of the rare times where we we had talked a lot of time about the succession and how it doesn't go to the female. You know, um, since Jaheris they've established, right? You know that it should pass to the male heir. Well, and and what happens here? Um, just to kind of summarize, we'll talk about Darren in just yeah. a second. But Darren has no kids. Balon has no kids, and and then they actually consider at one point that there are three um, daughters left, and mm-hmm. so they go to the first, the eldest daughter, which is um, Reyna Targaryen, and she is considered for the throne. But it was her uncle Viserys, yeah. um, the 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 second, who, who actually, the, the realm remembers the last time there was like a queen trying to do anything, right. and that, that resulted in the Dance of Dragons. So there's a bad taste in the mouth there, and they don't want that to happen. And you know it's it's this whole big you know deal. So so since there are no sons left, time to move on to the brother, and so yeah. they move on to Viserys, um, mm-hmm. the second. But it was confusing, so we'll, we'll have to try to keep all that. In order, as as we go, you know, forward. So, but uh, you got a couple passages. We just want to start off. We're we're talking about Darren the first today. Here we go. When Aegon the Third died in the twenty
1: sixth year of his reign, one hundred fifty seven years after the Conqueror was crowned, he left behind two sons and three daughters. The eldest of his sons, Darren, was a mere boy of fourteen years when he assumed the throne. Perhaps because Darren's charm and genius, or perhaps of his memory of what transpired during the regency of Darren's father, Prince Viserys, chose not to insist. Uh, on a regency while the young king was in his minority. Instead, Viserys continued to serve as hand of the king while Darren, uh ruled ably and capably.
0: There's so a quick inter- interjection here. So the reason you know, we talked about Viserys um, and, and his role, that, that was the line that we read, and we're like, who is Viserys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, King Aegon III... Who is Darren's father? Mm-hmm. You know when he becomes. We mentioned how many there was fourteen regents or something. Yeah, you know, so like he had all this issue with like regent after regent. The regents were scheming against one another. They were fighting. Yeah, you know, there was some infighting and stuff going there on there. Sickness. And yeah, yada, yeah. And and so Viserys is is uh, Aegon the Third's younger brother. Mm-hmm. And so once he gets old enough, he becomes hand of the king. And he realized he learned from his his brother that that was a terrible thing for his brother to go through. It kind of divided cause a little more tension in the realm that, than what we wanted and so when Aegon the third's son Darren uh, becomes you know he's 14 and mm-hmm. he's still kind of you know in his youth uh, he just decides to rule his hand of the king instead of instead of declaring like a you know a regent or something mm-hmm. so to kind of spare you know Darren yeah you know all, all of that stuff all that well so uh, all right well,
1: uh, here we go uh, well, I'll just say this really quick when it comes to King uh darren his really one big achievement is the uh he's he's the one who finally brings dorne into the realm which they reference in the books every now and then and stuff like that so uh, there's another passage here few foresaw that darren the first of his name would cover himself in glory as did his ancestor aegon the conqueror whose crown he wore so there we go again yep the going back to that that crown these crowns kind of go um, back and forth. Yet that glory turned to ashes almost as swiftly. A youth of rare brilliance and forcefulness, Darren at first met resistance from his uncle, his counselors, and many great lords when he first proposed to complete the conquest by bringing Doran into the realm. At last, his lords reminded him that unlike the conqueror and his sisters, he had no more dragons fit for war. To this, Darren famously responded, "You have one dragon. He stands before you." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, actually um, Darren Targaryen, the first reminds me of someone in our series. He's called, uh, he, Darren is called the young dragon. Yeah. And we have the young wolf, mm-hmm. you know, in in the song of ice and fire series that we're reading. And they're both very calculating, very good, um, like battle commanders both around the same age. I mean, You're around the same age, yeah. um, when lots of victories and, you know, in a very short amount of time, very, uh, Renown and mm-hmm. and their ending is also very similar as well the way in which that they're yeah. that they're killed uh yeah. it's not it's not a marriage but you know it, it is with the facade or the you know um like a like a peace banner you right. know type of situation so we'll get to that but mm-hmm. this is just interesting parallel right you know oh, the young yeah. wolf is killed at, at at the red wedding where he's taken you know um drink and in and, and food and and stuff and so he should be under that that Lord's protection mm-hmm. but he's not yeah so we'll see the same thing happens with Darren
1: yeah and so uh, another passage here uh, Darren the first amply proved his prowess on the field of Dorne with uh, which for hundred years had defied the reach the Stormlands and even the dragons of House Targaryen Darren divided his host into three forces one led by Lord Tyrell who came down from the Prince's Pass at the western end of the Red Mountains of Dorne and one led the king's uh, one led by the king's cousin and masters of ships, uh, Alan Valerian, traveling by sea, and one led by the king himself marching down the treacherous pass called the Bone Way. Um, so, really. It seems mm-hmm. like what everyone else had tried to do. We, you know, we had um, Rainey's Targaryen who just flew out down on her dragon, and right. they all scattered back into the mountains. And she didn't take a host of army. She didn't take mm-hmm. a host army. Host with her. She just took her dragon down and basically says, "Here's my dragon." Right. Yeah. And they said, "We're never going to bow. We're never going to bend." Yep. Um, the whole thing. And every time else they try to do that, what happens is that the Dornish just hide, go hide in their mountains and mm-hmm. try and fight us on our terrain. Yeah. And so, because. Um, what Darren decides to do is, well, this, we're going to go into the mountains. We're going to exactly. instead of instead of marching one big army in and have you guys all leave and maybe come attack us you ambushes know, from the side, ambush guerrilla tactics. Yep. Well, I'm just going to split my army into three forces and march. You know,
0: yeah, it talks about the uh, the, the goat path, the treacherous goat paths and the mm-hmm. and the mountain passes that that uh, I, I believe Aegon would not take. Uh, what you know even even hit the force that the king darren is leading you know they scamper up into the mountains mm-hmm. and they kind of it's a large force but they move in such a way that they can't be flanked mm-hmm. you know so so down the Bone Way, they kind of spread out it's like a wider force moving forward so they can cover more ground they scout the area i think you know type of situation and 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 that way they can work through um the Way and not not be you know, uh, bottlenecked into something because Orr's Baratheon, which I think is one of the passages that you might read, um, when he came down the Bone Way, they get. You remember they, they get cut off, so they get kind of um, they get they get cut off in front, and then when they try to retreat, the Bone Way was so n- mm-hmm. not narrow, but it was set up in such a way that um, that they were cut off in the back too, and right. they didn't have forces up on either side of the passageway to kind of help. You know, them being um, flanked and really yeah. encircled. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Within a year, the invaders were
1: at the gates of Sunspear and battling their way through uh, the so-called Shadow City. In 158 AC, the Prince of Dorne and two score of the most powerful Dornish lords bent their knees to Darren at the submission of Sunspear. The young dragon had accomplished what Aegon the Conqueror never had. There were rebels still in the deserts and mountains, men swiftly branded as outlaws, but there were few uh, in numbers to begin with. So, essentially, what happens then is that these he's got Dorne and Dorne is now into the realm where it stays Mm -hmm, um, into the realm, but he decides he wants to go start dealing with these rebels. Um, And so he's meant he, so he starts kind of sending smaller groups out and um, even um, Lord Tyrell
0: is killed. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually, um, he stays in Dorne for just a little while to kind of see, I think, you know, The difference between he and Aegon, right? Aegon goes there, they do their thing, and then they fly out. Yeah. You know, and although they left other people in charge, they themselves did not really stay for a long amount of time. And Darren actually does stay a little bit longer to kind of put down some of the rebellions and things like that. And it doesn't say this, but I can't imagine that, that like House Martell and different houses were not, you know, secretly supporting these rebellions. Right. You know, they're going to bend the knee, um, but then... They're okay with the rebellions that are going on. You know what I mean? Right. That's sort of uh, just their way of survival and stuff. But uh, I think you're getting to this part. But he's uh, while he's down there trying to uh, eliminate the rebels, he's an assassination attempt comes mm-hmm. upon him, and and they actually try to shoot him with a a poisonous arrow. And his cousin, Prince Amon Targaryen, mm-hmm. the Dragon Knight, actually intercepts that arrow, takes it for him, mm-hmm. um, and he is. Well, I guess, you know, he's has, he's sent back to King's Landing, I believe, Right. you know, to, to recover and things like that. So, um, yeah. And then after a while, I believe um, the king leaves as well, mm-hmm. right? He goes back to King's Landing, too. Yeah. So.
1: So, uh, yeah. Um, but, the, uh, but the true... Uh, so, then there's, just like, little minor rebellions, you know, they're just doing small things like burning camps and, you know, just... Stuff like that. But right. um, but the true rebellion began when Lord Tyrell and his uh, train traveled to Sandstone, um, while his lordship was murdered in a bed of scorpions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. As word spread of his demise, open rebellion swept Dorne from one end to the other. In 160 AC, the Dragon himself was forced to return to Dorne to put down the rebels. He won several small victories as he fought through the Boneway while Lord Alan Oakenfist descended once again upon the Planky Town and the Greenblood. Apparently broken in 161 AC, the Dornish men agreed to meet to renew their fealty and discuss terms, but it was treachery and murder they plotted, not peace. In a bloody betrayal, the Dornish attacked the young uh, dragon and his, uh, what is that word? Uh, you don't have it in front of you. So. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, they would attack him beneath a peace banner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three knights uh, of the guard were slain, uh, were slain, attempting to protect the king. A fourth to his eternal shame threw down his sword and yielded. doesn't mm-hmm. say who that was. Yeah. But, uh, Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight was wounded and captured, but not before cutting down two of the betrayers. The young dragon himself died with black fire in his hand, surrounded by a dozen enemies. King Darren the first reign was thus four short years in length. His ambition had proved too great. Glory may be everlasting, yet it is fleeting as well. Soon forgotten in the aftermath of even the most famous of victories, if they lead to greater disasters.
0: Yeah. So my uh, question for you: It when um, when when uh, Aemon Targaryen, the Dragon Knight, he's part of the Kingsguard, right? He is wounded mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, he's actually captured, and we're going to get back to him later because Balor, um, Darren's brother, will ascend to the throne. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, then again with Aegon the Fourth.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. with him, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but during his capture, right. uh, Baylor actually ends up rescuing him. Oh, it's gotcha. a, it's yeah, a big arc for for, for Baylor the Blessed. Um, but it says that he slayed two of the betrayers. Did that mean that he that the, those who betrayed them under the truce banner, or did that mean two of the Kingsguard? Because so, it says five, yeah, but there are seven, and I just kind of mm-hmm. wondered if two stayed back to kind of protect. You know, um, one yielded shamelessly, mm-hmm. right? But I wonder if there were two that betrayed them or something, perhaps. Yeah, it, it sounds like they were just absolutely betrayed by right. the Dornish, but I just kind of right. kind of wondered. You know, could
1: be, and maybe that's you know, a, a lot of this stuff is kind of. They even mentioned later, I was reading a chapter in this book where um, it talks about Duncan the Tall and kind of the tragedy at Summerhall. And it says that Archmaester Gildane had like spilt some of his ink on it. Yeah. And so, again, it all comes down to POV of this. And so this is stuff I'm sure that will be
0: expanded upon in Fire and Blood. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny about that. You mentioned um, the, the tragedy at Summerhall and I was watching an interview with uh, George R. R. Martin the other day. And uh, he was talking about this with Ilio and Linda, who helped him write, you know, A World of Ice and Fire. And they wanted some intel on what happens there. And he's like, I'm not ready. To reveal that It's yeah. a big it's a, <laughs> yeah. Obviously there's something Going on there And he kind of joked about You know Well I'll just What to say the maester Spilled some ink And yeah, you know Whatever still, yeah. He actually was talking about Doing it in the book Making it like Actually writing it up And then just having them Put like a big ink, ink splotch blot, Over yeah. there And he's like But then they were afraid That people would return the book And say hey uh, Something's wrong with my book Like they're yeah. It's missing a, um, a Like actually looked like There was ink in it or something So yeah. he was worried about that They talked a out of that But then they just mentioned That there was an ink They spill.
1: should have just had a picture of it and then yeah yeah, yeah, done yeah. Something like that yeah, yeah it's just funny
0: but, um, but Yeah anyways so yeah King Darren uh, the first I mean That's it that's his chapter that's uh, it And it's it's there's not much to him uh, uh, I, I would say the
1: biggest the biggest thing to Go forward uh, when you look at Darren Is the fact that he took no wife And had no kids
0: yep Yeah for sure and that that Will be the theme of his of his brother uh, too. although his brother has a lot more Accomplishments Baylor the Blessed has a lot more Accomplishments uh, and 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 things and this was like a empty kind of like yeah he con he gets Dorne to bend the knee but like at what cost at what cost and then they don't stay you know um, a part of the the realm and things like that they actually are going to have to do more with Dorn later on make some marriage alliances and things like that to actually finally get them into the fold mm-hmm. uh, and they still get to keep their title of prince and princess you know mm-hmm. which is crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's the way the Dorn are, man. They're, they're hard to kind of, uh, you know, um, conquer. Yeah. So uh, And then, I mean, and just uh, some
1: quotes about him here, just from the wiki. This is uh, from a chapter we already covered where John is talking to Benjen, and John's talking about, you know, being 14, wanting to go to the Night's Watch. He said, Darren Targaryen was only 14 when he conquered Dorn Benjen says, a conquest that lasted a summer. Your boy king lost 10,000 men, um, taking the place, and another 50,000 trying to hold it. Someone should have told him that war isn't a game.
0: Yep. Mhm. Yep, that's that's uh you're right that he he he's actually mentioned several times as someone that they're like for some reason, you know, he's held in high esteem beca- yeah. because he's uh, this commander who does this or whatever, but like yeah, as you say at what cost, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like they had to. They actually kind of had a an understanding with Dorn at this time. And so Dorn was not in like open rebellion mm-hmm. um, you know, to the the crown so he just wanted complete conquest and domination yeah and uh you know that's yeah. he, reign, he reigns he reigns about four years dies when
1: he's 18 yep so. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so. so okay uh i think it's time to dive into the reread here mm-hmm. uh we've got a little recap uh last week we were talking about uh brand and his um his green dream and wow that took us down some rabbit holes so Whew. appreciate yeah. all the ravens we got on that we had a good follow-up friday and we have more to come on Bran. I finished my Bran arc, and I think it's time for me to move on to a new, um, you know, point of view character. So I'll decide that this coming week. But uh, yeah, so he was in a he was um he was still in his coma, right? I guess you know. Well, he was, he, wait, he wakes up at the very end. At the very end, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's visited by the three eyed crow. You know, um, he's he's told to fly or die. Mm-hmm. You know, sees a lot of different things, and uh, it, it's a, it's a it's actually. That vision, that dream, um, is referenced a lot in a lot. a lot of different theories, and so it's a really important you know, chapter. The chapter today, not as significant as that chapter. So nope. that's why we spent so much time in Follow Up Friday on it. Um, you know, and we'll continue to reference it as we go forward talking about the three-eyed crow. Yep. so
1: So all right, um, so we, sorry as I already recapped last week's uh, brand. So I thought we, uh, going forward, I'll probably include the summary of the previous POV. So if you are someone who's reading this, um, maybe you're just going, you want to do the reread, like Mm Sereza is doing with brand right now, or just finished with brand where you just do specific characters. Um, so I'll just reference. So we'll just, we're going to add these in here to the summary. So, um, Catelyn 3, um, Catelyn's breakdown of a Bran's fall ends when an attempt is made on Bran's life. Catelyn delays the assassin long enough for Bran's direwolf to arrive and kill the assassins. Catelyn is now convinced that Bran did not fall, but was pushed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then she kind of decides, it's time for me to go to King's Landing. I go in secret. And that's kind of where we're at this week. So, uh, Catelyn 4, Catelyn and Sir Roderick arrive in King's Landing by ship as uh, at a secret meeting with Peter Baelish and Varys, Catelyn is told the Assassin's Knife
0: belonged to Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um so you know, for me the, one of the biggest um like takeaways, if I guess we're taking away something from mm-hmm. this chapter, was actually the, as they as they approach King's Landing, they talk about Visenya's Hill mm-hmm. and and um and, and, and Rainey's, you know I guess it's is it the yeah. hill of of remembrance right, right? right. um Rainy's hill right where uh the dragon pit is now mm-hmm. you know there and i just kind of thought it's a neat little description it, it's a neat reference to everything we've been talking about aegon right. the conqueror Visenya, Rainy's, and those characters now should make a little more sense to us you know we we know who they are because the first time i'll be honest the first time i read this i didn't get that I mean, like you like you know what i'm saying like the fir- if you don't have that historical um you know context you don't know why they name them these things And why they're pointing it out I just think it's really Interesting that Ger did that Years ago Yeah, just threw these Names out there mm-hmm. and then makes it all work later on Yeah, You know it's just it's beautiful Yeah so. I know uh, Yeah so
1: basically um, I guess to kind of split this This is really I would say more of halves This chapter than Thirds um, you really Have um, just Catelyn and Sir Roderick Cassell uh, kind of talking about their Journey to King's Landing And then they end up meeting Up with v- uh, with Baelish and then kind of Varys walks in and they talk about You know the dagger and you really Get a, you really get more Of Catelyn's Kind of History with Lord Baelish yeah. And you can, and it, It's this chapter is more About kind of setting up Baelish And Varys as characters To right. kind of understand mm-hmm. who they will be going Forward yeah, that's really kind of I would say the point of this chapter and then the little reveal at the end.
0: Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, cuz the 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 first part, you ready to talk about the first part? Yeah. Okay. The the first part of the chapter is not um, really significant at all. I mean, other than we had just seen in Bran's dream, we actually saw he had mm-hmm. a he he saw his mother on the sea, you know, um, on her way to King's Landing. Remember mm-hmm. that, you know? Yep. Um and you get the whole piece where Sir, Sir Roderick's sick. You know, she's going to pay the oarsman The oarsman, um, this is, uh, what are they on? The Storm Dancer, mm-hmm. I think that's, um, good tri- that's a good
1: trivia question
0: Yeah, that is a good, <laughs> yeah So they're on the Storm Dancer uh, Which is, so I think the guy's name is What is his name? He's a Tairashi Captain, is that right? hmm Yeah, Tairashi Captain And he
1: is not to uh, Not to stop you in your tracks here, Sir Ezra But I do hear some thunder outside Yeah and the lights have been flickering. I believe we are battery powered.
0: Yeah, we are. Okay, cool, just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Um <laughs> so he is a Tairashi Captain. Um Oh, I just lost his name, man. Sorry, I, I I stopped you. It's okay. Storm gods are coming. They are. Yeah. Captain Captain Morio. Right? Captain Morio Yeah yeah. Um Morio Tum Tumit Yeah. Tummit? It's, yeah. on the, it's on the first page, uh, second, second. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyways, he, he's he basically uh, he's he's a big boaster, bragger. Thinks that he can get them there uh, pretty quick. Um, Callan actually argues with him and in, in, in like how they should um, get there. Basically, she says that instead of the like sail, right? Mm-hmm. She wanted oarsmen. She thinks oarsmen is the way to go. You know, if um, if they have oarsmen, they can move a lot quicker down to King's Landing. They'll get there faster. She wants to get there before Roberts. <laughs> before Roberts um Well, you know. Yeah. Host gets down there.
1: Guys, are are it's it's just it's funny. So we're the powers gonna, we're just gonna, went gonna, out. We're, yeah, the powers powers flickering on and off. We were just in the dark. I thought I saw the ghost of Hall But uh we're just uh we're just gonna keep on we're just gonna keep on trucking here uh you know as as we go here. But uh yeah so you get the oarsman and then a line I kind of have late, uh, just a little bit later here, Sir Ezra. So close, she thought, beneath the linen bandages, her fingers still throbbed where the dagger had bitten. The pain uh, was her scourge. Catelyn felt, at le- uh, least she forget. She could not bend the last two fingers on her left hand, and the others would never uh, again be dext- dexterous. Yet, that was the small enough price to pay for Brand's life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, She talks about those, you know, being cut and hurt uh, quite a bit, and actually plays into a whole, you know, Lady Stoneheart thing later. Mm -hmm. You know, being cut to to Lady Stoneheart. Back to Lady Stoneheart. uh, Cut to the bone. Yeah. You know, so that won't be the first time. So, Uh, yeah,
1: and then and then um, and then we get a little bit of uh, description of King's Landing because this is actually the first chapter in King's Landing. So you know, it kind of it just kind of describes the Red Keep. Goes on about that. Um, and then we kind of, Catelyn kind of talks about who who we're gonna meet, um, and then you kind of see like the guards approach her, and it's just just kind of just kind of sets up that, okay, we're in a different place now. We're you know, King's Landing is a different kind of a. Kind of a place. We're not super safe here. Um, Sir Roderick talks. They talk about how Sir Roderick is wearing, you know, a tunic, but underneath that tunic, he's got chainmail and a dagger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of starts to set up. Oh, okay, maybe King's Landing isn't the safest of places. Right. Yeah. And that we're gonna have to meet in secret and things like that.
0: Yeah. Well. And, and as they get closer, she's wanting to pay those oarsmen. Uh, what was it? Twenty pieces of mm-hmm. yeah, like a silver silver stag silver yeah. stag. Um and so they they need to get there quickly and they need to get there in secret, um because once she, once they get there she reveals you know he's kind of inquiring like do you want to go straight up I guess to like the main you know uh, dock yeah you know in, in, in next to the keep yeah and that's not what she wants right you know? so um, she's been very very secretive about her mission and so mm-hmm. uh, she's able to get the captain to recommend like a like a local you know, bar, or like a keep, like an mm-hmm. inn, you know, yeah. uh, for him to stay in, and uh, so she goes in there with Sir, Sir, Sir Roderick, and, and they uh, lay low for a little while. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, just this, this first kind of part really, I think when they're describing how tough the journey was, Sir Roderick's like sick, and Catelyn's, you know, hand is throbbing, and and stuff like that, I think it's really to kind of signify just how important and actually kind of crucial this kind mm-hmm. of meeting is the way the way that Catelyn Catelyn kind of views it. Um, right here, um, Catelyn touched his arm. We're here, Sir Roderick, and safely. That is all that truly matters. Her hand uh, groped beneath her cloak; her fingers stiff and fumbling. The dagger was still at her side. She found she had uh, to touch it now and then to re- reassure herself. Now we must reach the king's master at arms and pray that he can be trusted. Uh, then we hear, uh, Sir. Uh Santigar is a vain man but an honest one. Sir Roderick's hand went uh, to his face to stroke his whiskers and discovered once again that they were gone
0: because mm-hmm. they kind of changed their <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> changed
1: their very you know, try to change their appearance a little
0: bit. Right, yeah. He shaves his whiskers off so he won't be, you know, noticed. Uh but I think he talks about how long it's been since he's been there at some point, you know. Right. Just um and, and remember that was back in the in the Godswood that he's mentioning that. But they um he he must know, you know, Sir Um Sir Ian, S- Sir Aaron um San- Santagar S- Santagar yeah, yeah who who is the as the, what would you say was the the master at arms right mm-hmm. cuz uh, isn't that Sir Sir Roderick's uh position yeah he's uh, yeah he's the master arms yeah. at arms of yeah so i think that's sort of why, i mean he knows him yeah there's in commonality between their position right. and stuff like that so uh they probably conversed or whatever and he knows he's someone who they can go to and and talk to so that's his whole thing he sets out to kind of you know go meet him in secret and then possibly bring you know, um maybe him or someone else, right? To you
1: know, I mean, he feels like he can trust him because, right, right, because he's a master of arms, as well, as well, and he's like, we don't really, maybe not care as much about the upper politics. We just,
0: well, they also keep track of you know who has what, who's whose armor is, whose who's using yep. what sword, and and these this dagger, which is a pretty, you know, Valyrian steel dagger, is not something that if it's right. just laying around, especially the way it's described, right? It's all the. Um, dragon bone and Mm -hmm. the obsidian that's in it and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty recognizable. And I think they think that he could help them identify it and figure out who it belonged to. Right. You know? Yeah, so then we kind
1: of move into kind of the um Littlefinger thing. Catelyn here is remembering Littlefinger. Catelyn's mouth grew tight. Littlefinger, she murmured. His face swam up before her. A boy's face, though he was a boy no longer. His father had died several years before, so he was Lord Baelish now. Yet still they called him Littlefinger. His brother her brother Edmure had given him that name long ago at River Run. His family's modest holdings were on the smallest of the fingers, and Peter had been slight and short for his age. Um Uh, He was my father's ward. We grew up together in Riverrun. I thought of him as a brother, but his feelings for me were more than brotherly. When it was announced that I was to wed Brandon Stark, Baelish challenged him uh, for the right to my hand. It was madness. Brandon was 20, Peter scarcely 15. I had to beg uh, Brandon to spare Peter's life. He let him off with a scar. Mm -hmm. She hasn't seen him since.
0: Yeah, and he's the one who makes contact, right, through the... Mm -hmm. Um, through the city watch um, right away, you know? Mm-hmm. And the city watch doesn't, when they first come bang on her door and, and they, 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 you know, she's tired, she's sleeping, Sir Roderick's out. Um, you know, they demand entry. She hides the dagger. They don't know who she is, supposedly. They don't know who she is. They just know her location, who mm-hmm. she is, uh, and things like that. And they want to, you know, um, just they, their whole, only goal is to take her to Lord Baelish. Um and I guess Lord baelish was he the one who even was it Varus or was it was it uh, Peter baelish who get the information? Um by the captain the captain sold him out yeah you know Var- I mean? yeah Varus
1: he uh baelish baelish kind of confirms and this happens pretty much the same way in the show I think they just kind of save time that like the second she <laughs> arrives in King's Landing yeah and it's not by ship I don't think they arrive in King's Landing I should by, at least. We don't know. They, we they, just, they skip past we, it. We, yeah. yeah. They, we just see them walking in on horse and she gets off and she's immediately approached by a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And then there is. Oh, oh we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, get to it now. And then. Uh, um, sorry. The chapter just kind of talks about uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, king's Lane and kind of describing it uh, catelyn was tired the voyage had been long and fatiguing and uh she was no longer as young as she had been her windows opened on the alley and rooftops with a view of the black water beyond she watched her roderick set off uh, striding briskly through the busy streets until he was lost in the crowds then uh, decided to take his advice the bed uh, the bedding was stuffed with straw instead of feathers but she had no trouble falling asleep she woke to a pounding on her door Catelyn sat up sharply outside the windows of the roofs, rooftops of King's Landing, were red in the sunlight of the setting sun. She had slept longer than she intended. Um, and then uh, there's two men at the door. The men who pushed into the room wore the black ringmail and golden cloaks of the city watch. The leader smile, uh, smiled at the dagger in her hand and said, No need for that, we or to escort you to the castle. By whose authority, she said, he showed her a ribbon. Catelyn felt her breath... Uh, Catch in her throat, the seal was a mockingbird in gray wax. Peter, she said, so soon. Something must have happened to Sir Roderick. She looked at the uh, head guardsman. Do you know who I am? No, my lady. He said, my lord Littlefinger said only to bring you to him and to see that you were not mistreated. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep, I think you know. he also, it's either in this chapter or it's in the next one where he really does, again, she kind of hashed it out for us, as you said, about yeah, his relationship with her or whatever, but he talks about how much he, you know, uh, loves her still. Oh, absolutely. Straight yeah. up to her face, you know, kind of says, it. you know, and so, yeah, um, uh, that's interesting. And, and once she, you know, gets there, right. So you're getting to the part where, you know, he, um, where, where they basically, they, 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 take her right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he wants to make sure that she's not mistreated. You know, um, he gave firm instructions, you know, he notices the bandages on her hands, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of is, is concerned Yeah. Um, All they know is that she's entered the city, you know, um, because the captain sold her out to Varys, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then Varys, you know, and and Littlefinger talk. And he takes a special interest because that is, you know, someone who he loved back in the day. So, yeah. um, And then when she comes
1: in, she's uh, quite upset about where she's kind of uh, like... Or she's just upset in the way that she's summoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in in the in the show, there's actually like a stupid line where uh, Baelish says like "Sorry about the locale," and it's just yeah, it, it just seems so out of place. Like <laughs> just to use that word, and I've I've always every time every time I rewatch that episode and I hear that line, I I hate it. Um, but yeah. it, uh, He was alone in the room, seated at a heavy wooden table, an oil lamp beside him as he wrote. Uh, when they ushered her aside, he set down his pen and looked at her cat. He said quietly, why have I been brought here in this fashion? He rose and gestured, um, uh, to the guards, leave us. The men departed. You were not, uh, you were not mistreated. I trust. He said, as they had gone, I'd given firm instructions. He noticed the bandages, your hands. Um, and then she says, I am not accustomed to being summoned like a serving wench. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, as, as the boy, uh, you still knew and, uh, as a boy, you still knew the meaning of courtesy, and then he's kind of like, "Oh, I'm sorry if I've angered you," kind of kind of freaks out, and she um, she goes on to say, "How did you know I was in the city?" Lord Varys knows all, Peter said with a sly smile. He'll be joining us shortly, but I wanted to see you alone first. It has been too long, Cat. How many years?
0: Yeah, I actually don't think you know. Uh, she she gets a little upset here, but honestly, how else would you know he have right he he have done that? I mean, he actually respects her secrecy she Mm -hmm. clearly came into king's landing um in the shroud of secrecy you know uh, sir Roderick's cut his whiskers all this different stuff they don't want to be noticed and so to keep that kind of you know maybe he could have sent someone besides the city watch right you know but um uh you know still it's like the um i don't know that i don't think they ever well we'll find out here soon but uh you know they say like Pycelle was one of the options that it was just, it's Baelish and Pycelle there. Right. You know, and so Varys has two people to kind of tell and he tells Peter Baelish, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, Lord Renly is not there and, and, and Barris and Selmy are both with uh, the King on, on their way down. You know, they rode North um, with, with uh, King Robert. Right. And Stannis, he says, Stannis Baratheon is over a dragonstone. So I kind of think he was, trying to keep the spirit of her secrecy, you know? And right, she, and he... The he st- just don't understand this. They don't understand they what's going they, on in... They, they, yeah, they they don't get it. And also, you have to think, like, it's not
1: like he knew she was leaving when... I mean, maybe he did. We don't... You know, Lord Varys has eyes everywhere. Yeah. Um, little spiders are everywhere. But I would imagine that he... That it probably took Varys some time. I mean, she's probably pretty close by the time they realize she's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, I, he didn't have maybe more time to actually set up a different or better
0: arrangement. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but either way, I think they, they, they know something's up. Well, why, oh, why they know something's up. Yeah. But because why wouldn't she go with, you know, Ned, you right. know, why wouldn't she come down? It's, um, it's bizarre that she's there and, you know, then he has her, you know, to kind of recite her words, the telly words, mm-hmm. um, you know, which are family duty honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's for one of those reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> if not all of those words, you know, uh, kind of echoing the reason as to why she is in King's landing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do like the, there's a line right before that, um, where
1: he says, Lord, uh, she's asking about like, um, uh, he's asking, like you said, how do you, how'd you know i was coming lord varus they kind of talk about varus for a little bit and then there's just there's just a pretty funny line um he says i was ever a friend to your sister eliza varus knows that and then catlin says does varus know about lord varus knows everything except why you're here he lifted an eyebrow why are you here uh, and then she says a wife is allowed to yearn for her husband until um if a mother needs her daughter's clothes who can tell her no and then that's when she, he has her recite the recite recite the lines and then um, there's a knock on the door and a man steps through who is Lord Varys. And this is the first time we see him. Uh, He's described as a plump perfumed powder and hairless and hairless as an egg. Uh, He wore a vest of woven gold thread over a loose gown of purple silk. um, And on his feet were pointed slippers of soft velvet.
0: Hmm. You know, I think, I think you did something inadvertently, Sir Matt. Oh, I know uh, I I read it. What, what, what do you have? What do you think? What? Oh, just um, as hairless as an egg. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, um. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah, that's there's that whole connection back with, with, with Lord Varys. Let me back you up a second, though. See, I think you did something inadvertently that I that it, literally, this is why you do a reread. <laughs> because yeah. sitting here in this moment, I never really caught this. But it's just a little thing. But as you said... um. Peter Baelish is explaining, you know, um, just why it was that Varys trusted him with the information that she was in the city. And, you know, I was the obvious choice. I was ever a friend to your sister, Lysa. Varys knows that. Catelyn says, does Varys know, and she's cut off, does Varys know what? What is it that she's thinking Varys would know? I think it's, does Varys know that Lysa sent her a letter? Yeah. Does Varys know that you and Lysa hooked up? Right. You know. I mean. I think there's a couple of different questions there well, that she's starting to ask, and maybe hers wasn't his. Maybe maybe he thinks she's going to ask about. You know, he apparently he was drunk when he hooked up with Lysa, and he thinks it was it was Cat. Yeah. You know that there. That's that's the whole thing there. But um, does he does he think it was Cat?
1: Because that I had I had I had uh, I had I had read that or listened mm-hmm. to that chapter yeah. where he's it's at the it's where he's Sansa is turning into a lane. Mm-hmm. I was like that kind of thing, and he and he makes it seem like he he says, "Well, oh, I took your mother gave me her maidenhood."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that though, but that's not true, is it? I don't know. No, it's not true. So I think he believes that Lysa was cat, cat like or, when he was or drunk. Is he saying it to try and show, oh yeah. yeah he he, he could just be lying yeah. he, he could just be lying but the people have inferred that perhaps you know be, because the, the the whole thing with with Hoster Tully yeah. you know and and who he's um begging someone's forgiveness mm-hmm. right and if Peter Baelish would have put you know a child in um um Lysa, right then and, and he maybe forced her to take to abort the child or something like that, he might be regretting right. all of the, you know, trauma that he inflicted on his daughter, or it could be someone else that he's right. talking about too. Yeah. But that's well, where that whole theory, right. Hoster Tully's speaking in his in his, you know, that plus the Lysa thing plus, as you just said, Peter Baelish when he finally goes to the Vale talking to Lysa, right. they have uh, seems like they have a history of being more intimate. This isn't the first yeah. time that they were. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> know up. we know
1: we know that cat. Um, I believe it's in a Lysa chapter where it's later where um, they're talking about how or maybe it's Kat um, where they're talking about how they would like Liza and Kat would kind of like kiss Baelish like they were like t- learning how to kiss with mm-hmm. him
0: yeah yeah but I just thought it was interesting does does Varys know about and she's cut off she's never allowed to finish <sighs> what what was what was it that she was going to say possibly you know was you it, know was it the letter though because Lysa writes a letter warning right. them about the Lannisters right that's probably most important to her does he know about that and I can't imagine she would trust Baelish with that intel as right. well, but maybe she does.
1: Yeah, something that is not, and uh, just doing this reread, um, not as prevalent in it's a showism, Sir Ezra, mm-hmm. is kind of the rivalry between Baelish and Varys is way mm-hmm. yeah heavier in the show. I mean, it's you feel like it's kind of there in the book. I mean, they kind of it's just in the first book you kind of get it, mm-hmm. and then that's really it. Yeah, but in the show, it's. It, I always thought
0: it was. I always thought that it was going to be one of them killing the other one. Yeah, you, do, do you know what it more is uh, like? Like in the in the books, it's um, Peter Bayliss is, is master of coin. Yeah, and it's all for, for just from what I remember and the way in which Ger has kind of described things, it's like, where does power lie on that small council? Does it lie in the secrecy and the knowledge that Varys holds or in the money that Peter Baelish has with the influence on the right. City Watch? You know, is it in the regal position of, or the, you know, well, the maester kind of fits in that knowledge position mm-hmm. too, but it's a citadel. Right. The Guard kind of command the yeah. army, you know, right. the whole thing. The swordsman yeah. type of thing. It actually goes back to, we mentioned it last week and the week before, um, Tyrion's whole, you know, riddle. That he, I, I don't I care if that's a movieism or not, but I think it's in the book as well, where he's talking about, you know, where does the power lie? Yep. And he gives three different examples, and, you know, yep. it's in, the, it, it, it lies in where the people believe that yeah. it, which is know, kind should. of
1: what uh, Regine had mentioned in her kind of yeah. breakdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea of, of power. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Good point there, Sir Ezra. Um, But, uh, wow. It's just real quick. Yeah. I do want to reference the, uh, and as hairless as an egg. Yeah. So okay, just do your, do yourself a favor and go kind of research the is Varys a Targaryen? Is he a blackfire? Yep. Um a lot of people think that he shaves his head to hide his purple hair. Or it's not purple hair, his um platinum yeah. mm-hmm. kind of hair. Yeah, that
0: silver kind of yeah. Um hair. Yeah. He may. Um it also Yeah, why does he shave his head? You know? Is he he's balding and that's just something you do? Yeah. Um or you know, is that more of his position? Because yeah, we know, because the-
1: we know that another person, Aegon Targaryen, in the Duncan Egg series, shaves his head to hide that he's a Targaryen because he's just wandering around as a you know a a, a a simple squire, and so he doesn't you know want people to mm-hmm. pe- people to know. So
0: yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah,
1: so. Anyways, so, yeah, do yourself. Yeah, do yourself. I'm sure we'll get follow up Friday questions about that um, and things like that. So, um, Varys even goes on to kind of no mention her hand, uh, her hands. We hear about Grandmaster Picel makes kind of like an ointment. Um, should I should I fetch for a jar? Um, Catelyn says Maester Lewin has already kind of t- uh, tended to it, and um, then really we just uh, really we just kind of get. Um, into who who whose dagger is it that's mm-hmm. that's really yeah. that's really that, that's really kind of kind of um what it gets to um then Varys kind of takes the dagger and he's kind of like you know just running it through his hands to kind of kind of check he cuts himself a little bit here um careful Catelyn told him it's sharp nothing holds an edge like Valyrian steel Littlefinger said as Varys sucked uh, his bleeding thumb and looked at Catelyn with a sullen um uh I can't think of that. Anyway, Littlefinger hefted the knife lightly in his hand, uh, testing the grip. He flipped it in the air, caught it again and with the other hand. Such sweet balance. You want to find the owner. Is that the reason for your visit? I, uh, you have no need of Sir Aaron for that, my lady. You should have come to me. Um, and then kind of just go back, talk a little bit more. Um and Baelish says, it's mine. Yours, it made no sense. Peter had not been at Winterfell until the tourney on Prince Joffrey's name day, he said, crossing the room uh, to wrench the dagger from the wood. I backed Sir Jamie in the jousting along with half the court. Uh, Peter's sheepish uh, grin made him look half a boy again. When Loris Tyrell unhorsed him, many of us became... Uh, a trifle poor sir jamie lost a hundred gold dragons and the queen lost an emerald pendant and i lost my knife her grace got the emerald back but the winner kept the rest who Catelyn demanded her mouth dry with fear her fingers ached uh with remembered pain the imp said little finger as lord Varus watched her face Tyrion lannister
0: mm. yeah so there it is i mean that's pre- that's basically the 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 chapter we figured mm-hmm. out, you know. Uh we're told that it's that it's Tyrion Lannister's, you know, dagger. Mm-hmm. Um well, that it's Peter's and then, you know, but was previously mm-hmm. um, you know, well that it was his and then he then he right. lost it to Tyrion. So I don't know. You know? Yeah. And we uh, we had we had mentioned this on a follow up Friday where
1: we were I was at least I was talking about it and I was I was kind of confused about uh, but what we actually know that it was Robert's dagger and Joffrey takes it and gives it to a cat's paw to go mm-hmm. kill Bran. So now we have Baelish even lying about it, it being his
0: dagger. Yeah, I... Oh, man. Yeah, that's... Are we sure about that? So he says... So Peter's just lying then. The whole thing. Hmm. Or unless, unless it's possible. I mean, it could be possible that... Right, that somehow the dagger gets from Tyrion so that to, to Robert. To Robert. But, but later... Um, yeah I know later that That's, that's what uh, Joffrey says
1: Yeah cause, cause later, later during um, uh, Later during uh, One of the weddings Tyrion is uh, Kind of talking Joffrey's talking about you know, When Joffrey receives his Valyrian steel mm-hmm. sword yep. um, Widow's wail um, Tyrion's kind of talking to him and he's like, Oh yeah, be careful it's Valyrian Steel. And Joffrey says, I know Valyrian steel, and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, perhaps maybe you'd like a dagger, one with a uh, you know, dragon, dragon bone bat, yeah. dragon boned thing. Right. Because Tyrion keeps talking about how he was like falsely accused of this. Right. Yep. Um mm-hmm. and that's kind of Tyrion's thing, is that he's falsely accused of that. He's falsely accused of yeah. um,
0: you know, killing Joffrey and uh Well that I, I see now, you know, it's easy for Peter Baelish to to, to blame that on Tyrion the Imp. Everyone mm-hmm. would believe it. You know, it's just the thing. it's a When you lie about him and you say, you know, um, these things, people just don't, he, he is guilty of being a dwarf. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he says in the show. It's what he says, you know, throughout the series, kind of talks about that whole whole piece there. It's easy to blame and put this on him. Um, you know, and it goes back to the unreliable narrator, which is interesting to kind of watch. You have to pay attention to what's mm-hmm. said here. And as, as you said later on, Tyrion... Thinks back to a conversation he overheard, you know, as we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago between him and the hound down in the yard about possibly silencing or killing one of the wolves, but he kind of misremembers it actually. And mm-hmm. then Jamie has a conversation with Cersei, you know, and we find out she had nothing to do with it really, um, you know, but um yeah, that she wouldn't be that stupid to make make the mistake of you know Using handing him. a dagger you know to to someone like this. To it does seem like a silly, stupid thing to do. Yeah, to Cersei, put that kind of weapon. Cersei,
1: Cersei actually even thought Cersei thought that um, she she even thinks it was stupid for Jamie to push to have pushed Bran. She's like because she, they talk about that, and Cersei says like, well, we would just lie. Yeah. And then it's it's his word against ours. Like, what are they? What you know? I mean, what are they? What are what are they going mm-hmm. to what are they going to say? Like she's like she's she's uh frustrated with that Jamie even did Jamie even well, did that. yeah, and
0: I, and I think she's frustrated because the boy lived. You know, yeah. if the boy dies, it all works out. It's good. But when things don't go well, she in hindsight, you know, hindsight's 2020 right. 20, and she thinks to herself, "Well, we could have figured this out a different way." Yeah. You know, and so that's that's I think more why she's pissed. Yeah. Anytime something I, goes wrong. I know you, right. you you're right. I just Well, still
1: I still I think she could have she could have just been been like well you could still lie about it Mm -hmm. and then it's his word against ours and he's he's known for climbing so he just fell like i mean like you know i mean you know it still may you know so i don't know still it's kind of a suspicious thing to say but
0: yeah 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 Yeah, it just it's a theme with her though anytime that um you know that something, people try to do things or whatever, and she wasn't involved or whatever, and it goes wrong. It's just there was a better way, and it was her way, and we should have done it my way, you know, but yeah. whatever. You know, I don't
1: know, Sir Ezra, if it is, uh, do we know why he, Peter Baelish says it's, says Tyrion
0: Lannister? Um, there might actually be, see, that's why I'm, I'm, you've got me, you know, when you said that it's just, just all kind of lying fabrication, there actually might be some truth to that, uh, to that tourney. Yeah. And, and losing, you know, a dagger and things. So, but we don't know, you know. We don't have that information. I don't think we have the information as to who it was then, you know, was it passed on from Tyrion or or not. Right. You know, you really have to kind of track it down and as we've tried um and I, as I go through the reread I'm keeping my eye open for I am, that kind of I am stuff too, too, but I
1: just don't I just don't think we've we've gotten any information really about it.
0: Yeah, cuz we're told it's either Roberts, we're told it's Tyrions. Um the dagger just appears, right? Mm-hmm. And who is it, who owns it? You know, who actually sent the dagger? Mm-hmm. Um, there are it, people that, and how did Robert
1: get the dagger? We just know we just know Robert has a bunch of treasures and right and weapons and yeah. and and, yeah. and things and things like that. And there are still theories that the dagger is Rhaegar's. Was, was Rhaegar's and Robert grabbed it at the?
0: Well, and it, and it also could be too that you know when Joffrey refers to a Valyrian steel dagger or just a dagger, maybe he maybe he is familiar with Valyrian steel, but not. In regards to, the, to to the dagger, maybe those are right. two separate things. We kind of lump what he says there with our theory on the on the dagger. Maybe he's just talking. He's been exposed to a lot of those. He said the king's treasures and different things. And perhaps even though his house, the Lannister house, doesn't really have a, as far as we know, of Lyrian steel. No, you know, I, I believe was that's lost. First, I believe that's yeah. They they had one, but that that now it's the, now they have two
1: because Tywin yep. says that to uh, Jamie when he gives him a oathkeeper.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was lost by one of their ancestors who. Um, went to Valeria mm-hmm. and, and lost it. And then um, it's actually Tywin's youngest brother, um, the Laughing Lion, who mm-hmm. goes and tries to, to hunt it down. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Valeria... Try, lo, no, what's the name of their original Valerian steel sword, House Ooh. Lannister? Is it... Um, it's not Lion's Tooth, is it? No, Lion's Tooth is the one... Um,
1: is Joffrey's just castle-forged sword that gets thrown into the river by Arya.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'll let you look that up. But um, I, I think uh, I just think we sometimes lump those two things together, and and we can we could separate them, and uh, mm-hmm. we're putting pieces together that maybe don't need to be put together. You know, maybe he did actually retrieve a, a dagger yeah, from uh, his father. Bright, yeah, bright roar, bright the roar. ancestral sword
1: of House Lannister, lost when King Tommen, the second Lannister mm-hmm. of the Rock, sailed to Valyria and never returned.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep. So bright Roar. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Garion.
1: Um, uh, and Lannister went in search of the sword circa 291 AC, but never returned. Mm-hmm. So we could see him again because that's not really that far away. That's only no, like it's a not couple of years. Yeah.
0: He's he's just Tywin's younger youngest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a lot of evidence that he might have stopped over in Pen- Tyrosh, Pentos, mm-hmm. and, and maybe hooked up with somebody. There's a lot of theories as, that he has a daughter, and there's a bastard daughter uh, here or there. Uh, From him from his line that that Tyrion and those guys run into later on in a brothel, Mm -hmm. I think um, could be wrong about that. But uh, but yeah, back to my point, though, I think, you know, if it could have just been maybe Joffrey attempted the assassination of of Bran in some other way or actually was trying to actually kill a wolf because, as he says in in the yard, they really want the wolf. he says, at least the boy is dying quietly. It's the wolf that Joffrey wanted to kill, you Mm -hmm. know. And might have, he actually might have heard his father saying, you know, something like, "I wish that damn wolf would shut up," you mm-hmm. know. And he he actually might think it's kind of cool to go to go kill the wolf. He does say it would be more of a mercy, you know, to let the that the that the boy would have died type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he really wants the boy killed. He doesn't want Brand, right. you know, actually killed. And so, but uh, as we know, Joffrey is is um, pretty messed up, yeah, and uh, <laughs> enjoys violence and killing and things like that. So. So that was mm-hmm. right up his alley, but...
1: Okay, well, uh, that is our reread uh for this week. Sir Ezra, do we have a raven?
0: Yep, we have a raven this week. Uh, and, and remember, you can send your ravens to btkcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a couple lined up for this coming week, so uh, if you have any thoughts on this chapter, you know, things that we just went over, send them our way. Um, there's... Uh, there's not a lot here. So if you, again, send us Ravens about anything. Fallout Friday is really for anywhere you want to go in Westeros and Essos. Um, cool things, you know, connections you can make out of this chapter, I think would be the dagger conversation, mm-hmm. it, you know, because we talk about things. And, and, and again, there's with just the series alone, I think it's like triple the amount of words in like the bible and like the lord of the rings series i mean it's like so what we have in just the series alone is like an an extreme amount of information so Mm -hmm. if you guys um can hunt some of that stuff down uh on the dagger and send it our way that'd be great um if you have any thoughts on the um i think he was called the laughing lion wasn't he Mm -hmm. the um uh, tywin's brother any thoughts on him if you want to look up some stuff as to where he's referenced send us a raven on that um, you know, and just, you know, maybe Catelyn and, and Peter Baelish's um uh, relationship and, and and where that goes. The whole piece with with Lysa, you know, if there's any thought if you have any thoughts on that. I think I think those are the big takeaways. Don't you, sir Matt, it's really, you know, kind of with this chapter is about setting up that relationship and um seeing the influences of Varys the spider and peter baelish yeah. right out the gate
1: yeah uh, laughing line is the ship that gary and lannister sailed on there through, you go during his quest to find bright i was close yeah you were super close you see how uh, that's th- a great trivia question you just ruined it yeah pay attention friends
0: yeah. um <laughs> But no, that, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, so many names like run together. It's like names of ships, of horses. Well, like, there's there's the Night of the know?
1: Laughing Tree. There's the Laughing Storm. Yep. There's the laugh, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's something. Well, then there's yeah. – then the names of swords. So, so Joffrey has Lion's Tooth. He has um, Widow's Whale. Uh-huh. And then he has Heart's Bane, which is the sword he has for one battle during the – just it's just a regular sword he has – or Heart Eater, excuse me. Oh, Hearts yeah. Heart's Bane is, it, is, it is so a thing. Isn't that uh, the, the. Heart Eater is the sword he he makes uh, Sansa kiss before he goes into the Battle of um, Blackwater Way at King's Landing where Stannis is coming? Yeah. And if that's the only. And then we'd never see it again.
0: Yeah. Isn't is Heart Bane. Isn't that uh, the, the. Not Tyrell. Um, Heart's Bane is the, tali, Sam's, Sam, the, yeah, the Tarly. Sam. Yeah. Tarly. The Tarly. The Tarly yeah. uh, Valyrian yeah. Steel Sword. That's, that's their ancient uh, ancestral Valyrian Steel Sword. Yeah. Which a lot so, of people could. Th- could be Lightbringer because Heart's Bane, maybe you have to stab it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's all just uh, so yeah. much. You know, um, eventually, like as we get to our in our Patreon series and things, we will have stuff where we go over. Um, all Shift X actually does a great job of, of naming does. naming all of the Valyrian steel swords. Uh, so it's a good video to kind of check out on YouTube if you want to check him out. Um, but uh, we ourselves would like to kind of talk about them because we, we often theorize, um, you know, where those swords could be and, and how they, what role they could play, you know, in, in the series moving forward. So, you know, just interesting things to kind of keep track of. So, Mm -hmm. well, it's like, it's like the crown, you know, Sir Matt's been tracking the crown in in our, our history of, um, the, the world of ice and fire. Is that significant? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's crazy to me that that they bracket and they actually, there is something to it, Sir Matt, because, um, they talk about the crown that Aegon the Conqueror wore, and then Aenys creates this other crown. Right. You know? Well, you
1: have, then you, you know, something as, as we were talking about the world of ice and fire today, I was just kind of thinking. So, we had, you know, you, just how you have Viserys, and then he actually becomes Viserys the second because Balor and Darren die. Uh-huh. Um, and I we, we had mentioned we were going to do this, but it just got so overwhelming. Uh, but we'll now, get there. Now I want to go back and track it down is the line of Rainies uh-huh. and the line of Visenya. Visenya.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Well, I don't think actually Magor has Megor doesn't, but... He didn't have any kids, so Visenya's line is actually
0: is, non-existent. Is, yeah. Well, um, yeah. And, yeah. Well, kind of. Kind of, unless we get more in Fire and Blood. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but the reasons for which... Why would they wear d- different crowns? Mm-hmm. Why is there not just one crown that's passed down? You know, and then you've got uh, Dark Sister in relationship to Blackfire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you know, Gur makes these subtle nods to who is actually ruling the, the the kingdom. You know, although Aegon is the ruler, Visenya was the one was was doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. you know, there's there's all that goodness. Uh, okay, let me read this Raven though real quick. Let's let's get this uh, going here. So this is from um, you know. Uh, Caleb, our humble blacksmith, uh, sent sent us a, you know, a a raven, been sending us a regular raven here for a while. So we appreciate it, Caleb. Uh, We read one last Friday and we'll kind of continue to read those as they come in, man. Um, Let's see. Brand's recent episode was fantastic. Thank you. Um, It's a good chapter. There's a lot in that. Uh, He says, I have one quick, you know, show theory. And so I, please always distinguish, you know, show book, you know, it's it's kind of, we do kind of navigate both a little bit. We're, we're more book heavy, but definitely the show we're speculating all the time Mm -hmm. as to what's going to happen. So quick show theory here. Uh, It is known what Eddard Stark actually says. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it known uh, what Eddard Stark actually says before being beheaded? Has that been confirmed? Uh, We know brand can influence the past and has spoken to his father um with a bit of success what if brand appeared to ned just before the beheading to put him at ease tells his father that everything will work out uh for the realm uh, i'm sure this is a working theory um but you know uh much much smarter than by much smarter men than than i know uh you know uh caleb i'm pretty sure you know e- even a humble blacksmith uh uh-huh. you know Got some wits about him here because I hadn't actually thought about this. We had talked about um, whether or not Varys or we had said, uh, gosh, maybe someone from the House of of White and Black um, had 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 possibly appeared mm-hmm. to Ned in in the Black Cells beforehand. There's um, a big, huge theory about Jack and Jahar being yep. in there. Yep, and, Jack. Yeah. And, J- Jacken could have appeared to him and talked to him and things like that. So, you know, the idea that Bran could have maybe somehow spoke to him too, possibly. Um it seems like a lot of that talk comes through Weirwoods. Um but you never know. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, um is it possible? Yeah. And actually, you know, what's interesting is that you see Bran in a lot of respects he's able to see beyond This is where you get between the the difference between, and I'm back into it again, the difference between Green Dreams and Green Sight Mm -hmm. and and a Green Seer and access to that Weirwood network Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it kind of is, I believe, limiting in in, in some regards, but, uh, you know, brands able to see across into Essos and different things, so I don't know, Um, but he says, you know, yeah, so uh, I'm only... um, Let's see, and I'm only new to the podcast, so pardon my ignorance if this has been discussed in the past. No, uh, you know, Caleb, you are fine. It's it's this is a good good thought. P.S. The Mad King was definitely screaming, "Burn them all!" because uh, of you know, Bran showing him you know what, what was, was coming. coming. Yeah, that's
1: a huge theory. I I'm a, I'm into that one actually. I'm into that one a lot. Um, but actually, uh, I had mentioned this briefly at one episode during our um, what do we call it? What or what's going on? Small council, uh-huh, yep. um, is that uh, Sean Bean, the actor who played uh, you know played Edard Stark, was asked about it. Yeah, a lot of fans theorize, oh, he warged into the ravens above him and all that stuff. And he said, you know, what were you mumbling? And he just said, well, I guess he was probably praying. Uh-huh, but like he's yeah. just off the cuff, like he, you know, I, um, and that is a showism because in the book, Arya is so too far
0: away. He could have said something. Arya is just too far away to see it. Um, yeah, for sure. That 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 could have been the case, yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's a good thought. I mean, there's there's more. I I don't know this this idea that. Well, actually, what Caleb is mentioning is that just he'd be comforted, right? You know, is that there? There's a chance a for son to him, yeah, yeah to, to say, speak to Here's him. What's going to happen? Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right, yeah. And that this maybe needs to happen, you mm-hmm. know, because imagine you know if he's not beheaded and he, and he does take the black, how different things would have been. Right. Oh, you wouldn't have had the clash of kings, you know, that that wouldn't have happened. Nah, no, not, not, you, you still might have. Because you, you might have just because of Joffrey down the line, you know, well, Stan, but, Stannis would have
1: challenged it
0: yet. Yeah, now, Stannis is is working. See, part of the big um, well, part of the issue here is, is that it's actually Ned who comes forward. Yeah. And, and does kind of set all of this off. Right. Yeah. And stuff. So if he is spared, I, I get it. You know, Stannis could have been an issue and things because
1: like that. It, it maybe was still would have been Stannis and Renly. Right. But Rob wouldn't have gotten involved. Yeah, that's and right. And
0: Balon Greyjoy probably wouldn't have gotten. Because they, they strike when there's opportunity. Yeah, um, that's basically yeah. why they strike. You know, so um, it definitely would have been different. Then all but, of the things at
1: the wall would be totally different.
0: Oh, yeah. Because. Could you imagine if. Well, Ned's- Eddard Stark would
1: clearly be the new Lord Commander. I mean, they wouldn't choose. Yeah. They wouldn't choose Jon
0: Snow and. Yeah, but it would have been neat. He's up there with his son, you know. They're they're, they're facing his air quote his, his son, son, yeah. <laughs> you know, facing down. I mean, protecting the realm, mm-hmm. guys. It just it's so it's so there's so much genius in yeah. the idea that you have the knights Watch, you know, and and they guard the realms of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a dance. I with mean, Dragon.
1: I'm in a dance with dragons right now, and I'm in all, I'm in all the John chapters where he's now Lord Commander, and uh, yeah. just. So it's so good and we watched the clip The other day Of um, him beheading uh, Janice Slant Just talking about The differences Between the book And the show mm-hmm. And all that kind of stuff Yeah Yeah,
0: yeah Man it's something So But uh, Caleb Thank you though Appreciate the 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 Raven uh, We'll talk more about that uh, In follow up Friday We actually might rehash out Some of your Yeah Your Raven As we get ones That are, that, that are similar um, Again you can send those To btkcast um, At gmail.com uh, Yeah And so there we go all right, on to Man the Wall. And and this week, uh, Sir Matt, I don't have, I didn't put in uh, a, a knighting ceremony this week. We will get to that uh, next week, so we're going to put that on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's something that you know, basically for our patrons, you know, a quick shout out to all of them uh, for supporting the show. You know, we've got the likes of Sir Jared of House Gebhardt, uh, Lady Renna uh, a Bannerman, has no name. Right. Uh, <laughs> Lady Julie of House uh, House Creth, House uh, we've got Lady Lauren, we've got uh, Lady Morgan, um, Beverly of the Woodswood, Lady Jennifer, Maester uh, Jamie of the White Owl, Sir David the Huntsman, mm-hmm. um, who makes me quiver, <laughs> uh, <just laughs> uh, Maester Evans, uh, Lady Kelsey of Lethbridge, Lady Cat of the Woodland Realm, Lord Adam Parker uh, of House Parker Ward, of White Harbor, Warden of the White <laughs> Knife. I got to get them all in there. Uh, Maester Deschain, um, and, and so on. We have others. But, you know, just a quick shout out to all those folks and uh, we've got our, our knighting ceremonies that you guys can enjoy. You can, um, you know, uh, take your knight's your watch vows mm-hmm. and, and we'll play those on the show, you know, but uh, really we just appreciate all of that. You get access to the Black Council uh, a t-shirt and you know every six months we we kind of throw together like a little grab bag we're actually already working on a, a couple of different things for newsletters um so matt's working on that and i've got a couple of different things uh that i'm working on with um with traxler that will be kind of fun for you guys too yeah so,
1: and uh, so far so far the the t-shirts have been well received so that makes me that makes me feel good yeah they're, the good, people, they're good they're good quality
0: t-shirts people who got them um
1: i certainly you know love mine so
0: yeah. No, me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, they're actually great. I, we see, that's the thing is that we actually wear them ourselves. So oh, God, we, yeah, we wanted them, the yeah. shirt. So, yeah. so we, uh, obviously put in, you know, an order for ourselves and, uh, and, and we, we would love to send you guys a shirt. So if you sign up for, you know, um, if you take the black instead of the night's watch, then, then we'll, we'll send you one. Um, yeah. And
1: you don't have to, uh, Lord Adam Parker asked me, um, he said, do I have to take the knight's vows as well? No. You don't have to. No, you you no. can you can you
0: can t- you can do both if you
1: want. You can become a knight and take the black if you're at that tier and then you, yeah. or you can do one or the other. Whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah, cuz we're going to have we're going to have uh, some some tiers later on down the road where we have uh, you get more access to the show, more influence in the show mm-hmm. and things like that cuz yeah. you know, I mean, uh, as as we, you know, continue to build uh you know, the our yeah, the 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 wall yeah or yeah. just our our rain here you know sir matt and i are learning a lot of different things about about westeros and the different players that are out mm-hmm. there other podcasts yeah
1: and uh, guys just a, a quick kind of thank you mm-hmm. um in all in all honesty as, we, as i think we're starting to close up shop here but uh, just a thank you um Cersei and i the numbers. Uh, when yeah. we, when we look at them, it's like mind boggling to us how fast we're growing and how many,
0: yeah it the, is uh, how many new listeners. Well, well, here's the thing, sir, Matt, I'll go ahead and say that. Cause some people are, are probably still catching up. Cause when you enter a podcast, sometimes you jump back at the beginning, right. you start episode one and you plow through and you, you try to catch up. Um, Hopefully, by the time they get to this episode, if you're a new listener and you've heard us reference all of our other patron people and things like that, don't worry. The show is going to be going on for another five to six we years. We just mapped so it out. Yeah. We, it's going to be, <laughs> it's, gonna be uh, it's just, it's what we do, you know? Yeah. Um, so Matt and I have been doing this for, for two and a half years now, you know, and he's been doing it for even longer, been doing YouTube and different things right. like that. So there is no quit in us and we're going to keep, keep plowing. There's a lot to come in, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, uh, song of ice and fire. So lots to do, but Really, one of the biggest things that we're looking forward to is the Facebook group, you know? Uh, because that drives a lot more content into it you guys can share stuff instantly and things like that so again that's facebook.com forward slash bend the knee podcast um, go like the page and then we're gonna turn that into a group where we can put some people in there and we can we can start sharing more stuff so we might actually do it before we get to 200 likes uh, just because right. it just you know we kind of want to get it going and it's it's fun it's actually fun just to have people who can share people share on the community tab right now but that's not something everybody looks at and so you know we see it because we get notified but if you're in the group you know it'd be something we can kind of have some more engagement and stuff with so um all right though uh other quick things on man the wall uh, as i said in july we're gonna have the black council which is gonna be the dance of dragons probably around mid-july we'll have that coming out and uh, maybe um some green uh dreams episode one um i am working on a couple of different theories that we'll that we'll get going there shortly so okay sir matt we got anything else here i think it's time for us to say uh say farewell here friend
1: uh it is yeah uh we want that's uh we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones In our next episode we will be discussing chapter 19 john three
0: correct yeah um also uh feel free to give us a a um you know a like um or a subscribe on itunes that helps us out a lot the subscriptions help as well the uh reviews on itunes help as well too there so that would be huge if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcastgmail.com. At we'll see you in a week, and remember fire and blood. Wow, you threw me off with that one. I was like, fire <laughs> and blood. John Snow. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you got me.